morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today I'm talking about when the husband listens to the wife, but things don't work out exactly in a positive way. Remember video stores? I do. Before streaming was invented, or even before the internet was invented, you had to physically go to a video store and rent a movie. You checked it out from the store like you do books from the library. You drive home and you pop the video cassette into the video cassette recorder machine, which is hulking on top of your console TV, and you'd view whatever movie you'd rented. Then you reverse the process to return the video the next day. Now, back in the 1990s, I was at the video store on a busy Friday night, and I was looking for a movie that was recently issued, and it was an adaptation of an Oscar Wilde play called An Ideal Husband. I couldn't find it, so I went to the gal at the checkout so she could peek at the catalog and see if the video was in or out. I asked, do you have an ideal husband? And without missing a beat, she said, no, but if I did, I wouldn't lend him out. I never forgot that. It was pretty funny. And the Bible, though, sets a standard for what an ideal husband is and an ideal wife. And I feel very blessed that the Bible sets out these standards so that we can know. We don't have to grope and stumble in the dark. We can know what it is we're supposed to do and be. There is a creation order to things with Jesus as the king of everything, but he is also our groom if we're saved and in Christ. Then it's husbands, then wives, then children. So what is an ideal wife? Well, we know the Bible says she should be submissive to the husband, her own husband, a helper, a gentlewoman with a quiet spirit, she should be modest, care for the home, raise the children, be a godly companion for the husband in all ways the Bible outlines for women to be, whether married or not, which would include being trustworthy, service-oriented, respectful, prayerful, etc. Now, Proverbs has a lot to say about the opposite of a quiet woman, talks about one who is raucous, quarrelsome, contentious, foolish, disgraceful. None of it is good. Proverbs is strong on the woman who is foolish. Now we know that wives are supposed to be a helpmeet, a companion for the man, because it is not good for the man to be alone. Now wives, that's Genesis 2.18, by the way. Wives are not the leader of the home because they are the helper. They are to submit to the husband as the husband submits to the Lord. 1 Peter 3, 1-2 says, In the same way, you wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won over by a word, without a word, by the behavior of their wives as they observe your 
pure and respectful behavior. There are some examples in the Bible of some wives who are not so ideal or who are not so helpful and whose pursuit of sin was horrifically destructive. I think we forget how destructive sin is to ourselves and to the others around us. Of course, these two examples are unique and unlikely to occur again, but still, the point is made. Sin is destructive, and pursuing it is not helpful to the husband. For example, Adam listened to his wife, took the fruit, and ate. Thus, Adam sinned. Here's the verse from Genesis 3, 6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband with her, and he ate. Well, in this way, all of humanity fell outside of God's holy standard. We are all bearing the consequence of this today. Now, the Bible does not record the exact conversation between the husband and the wife, or how long it might have taken the wife Eve to convince her husband Adam to eat the fruit. But there we have it. She she pursued something that was forbidden by God, and the consequences rippled through all the universe and all of time up till now. In the second example, we have Abram, who listened to the voice of his wife. He went into Hagar, and thus Abram sinned. Here's the verse, Genesis 16, 1-2. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not borne him a child, but she had an Egyptian slave woman whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please have relations with my slave woman. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Well, here Sarai, later known as Sarah, wanted something and she wanted it bad. She had already been told by Abram, later known as Abraham, her husband, who heard a promise from God that the couple will have a child. Sarah was long past childbearing years, but Abram believed and waited. But apparently Sarah had waited long enough. She devised a plan that did not include supporting her husband in this promise in the long years till fulfillment, but she allowed sin to overtake her helpmeet capabilities. She was impatient. But when the child came, she was jealous of Hagar. So the sin continued and even worsened. If a man has a godly wife, she often has good counsel or offers solid wisdom as his helpmeet, and that's wonderful. But as we see in scripture, though, sometimes a wife's advice or persuasion leads her husband to sin. Ladies, when we pursue something that's forbidden to us as women, 
whether it's leading in the home, preaching from the pulpit, or some other sin such as adultery or laziness or jealousy, the consequences are not hidden. They're not small and they're not temporary. We see some biblical consequences here. Genesis 3.17 says, Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you. With hard labor you shall eat from it all the days of your life. That was Genesis 3.17. But Eve did not escape a personal consequence either. Genesis 3.16 says, To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you shall deliver children. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. The consequence for Sarah and Abraham was interpersonal strife within their tribal community, a split family, and a permanent negative note in the written word of God. Now, I'm not married now, but I was before salvation. I remember well my desires and my machinations and manipulations toward my husband to get what I wanted and have those desires filled. Now, those sinful ways are still in us post-salvation. We still dwell in the flesh. Though we have been forgiven of sins when we convert and have the Holy Spirit given to us to dwell in us, to help kill those desires, the tendency to want what we want and to do unhelpful things to get it are still there. It's incumbent upon us as wives to ensure we understand what God expects of us in that role as helpmeet. And we learn that from the Bible. It's incumbent upon our husbands to also know what God expects of them in their role as family leader and to be able to withstand pressure from wives when they try to steer them wrong. Women be women and men be men. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day.